Hi everyone, today is a new day and you're a part of it. Join me, Dr. Megs, for short stories and quick tips to boost your mood and your productivity. This is the PGH Dreamers Pod. Hi everyone and welcome to the PGH Dreamers Pod. Today we continue our special series called Our Path, where we are speaking with local entrepreneurs, creators, and thinkers who are doing big things in the Pittsburgh area. Our guest today is Katie Hart, someone who I met as a family friend who has now become a friend of mine as well. Katie is an event coordinator, makeup artist, and owner of By Heart Designs. Welcome to the pod, Katie. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So what I wanted to do today was to start off with some breaking ground, which is just a few quick questions to break the pavement and get us kicked off. It's like an icebreaker. You up for that? Yep. Okay. What is your favorite way to start the day? It's kind of bad, but my favorite way to start the day is coming out to my computer, turning it on, and then sitting on my couch and watching TikTok for a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You're starting it light. You're starting it positively. I like that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. So number two, what is your favorite thing to listen to? And that can be music, meditation, a podcast. Music when... I don't need something to distract me too much, but I do love listening to podcasts a lot. I listen to all sorts of different kinds of podcasts, like true crime. Lately, I really like uh, podcasts by comedians because, you know, we all need a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Okay, nice. So getting a little humor in your ears. Third question, how do you relax? I relax by painting. Uh, cooking and sitting on the couch at the end of the night and watching a good show. Uh, we just rewatched The Sopranos for probably about the sixth time now. <laughs> and now, and now we're on King of the Hill. So, you know, variety. Mama, plus a little humor. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Katie chaos. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Now that our listeners got to know you a little bit, let's start by talking about your journey. So can you give us your background, maybe leading us from your childhood through school to where you are now? Basically, how did you pave your own way? All righty. We're going back to the beginning. So um, I've always been artistic growing up. It's always just been a part of my life. I would draw, paint, do crafts all the time. Um, I'm an only child and I lived on a street with no other kids. So art became my number one hobby because there is nothing else to do really. (laughs) And my mom were both pretty creative and my mom and my grandma are both pretty creative and they kind of always encouraged me. They always had all sorts of arts and crafts supplies laying around. So I always had free reign of those. And um, my grandma is like my number one for instilling me, try new things don't be afraid. Like her number one phrase I can still like hear in my head saying is don't be afraid, just do it. So I've never really had those feelings of self-doubt when you go into like something creative, I would just jump in and try it out. And I think I'm pretty thankful for that because, you know, you don't really hold yourself back. Letting yourself be very vulnerable. That's wonderful lesson to learn as a small child. Yeah, definitely. 
So in school, I took as many art classes as I could fit into my schedule, like regular art, drawing, painting, pottery, which I love pottery. As soon as I can go find like a pottery place where I can get on a wheel again, that'd be so cool. And I also did jewelry, which not so talented in jewelry, but <laughs> at least I gave it a whirl. So yeah, school, I was into everything I could possibly get into. And then became a teenager at, and around 13, my mom finally let me start wear makeup. So uh, starting then, she was like, here's an Avon catalog. Go ahead and pick out a few things that you want. One of them I remember being glitter mascara. <laughs> That's taking me back. <laughs> I know. And blue nail polish. Yes. So, uh, and also my grandma, she would always buy me like makeup sets from QVC. And she would be the number one person to take credit whenever um, I ended up starting to do makeup for other people. She'd be like, you got into that because of me. And I'm like, yes, Nana. <laughs> yes, she did. So as soon as I got into makeup, that became my like number one hobby. I would sit in my room at night and just start practicing, doing different looks, you know, looking in the magazines. And around that same time, I wouldn't say it was super big yet, but that's when you could start to find YouTube or makeup videos on YouTube. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is that around that time? <laughs> I know you're a lot younger than me. And I feel like nowadays it's just an influx. There's just videos right. for days on all these things. Well, it was nice back then because you would find people that were working makeup artists that were um, sharing their info with you. Whereas now it's more so like people just, you know, buying stuff and showing it off and not so much about the technique anymore, which is sad, but you know, what can you do? So I would just watch those videos, re recreate looks. I remember it was recreate the Angelina Jolie cat eye and stuff <laughs> like that. That's awesome. Very with the times then. And from there, I did my, my friends would be my guinea pigs. I did our makeup for prom, which I mean, back then I thought it was great. Looking back now, uh, <laughs> I mean, definitely, definitely made some improvements since then. And uh, I would do our makeup when we were in college before we were going out for the night. And, you know, I always had willing participants to practice on. And even in college, like going back to the art, I was still trying to squeeze in I took a drawing class when I was in college, even though I was going for a science degree. My art teacher was like, what the heck are you doing? You need to come over to this side and, you know, change your major. And I did consider it, but, you know, back then it just didn't seem like it was in the cards. Maybe if I had a crystal ball and seeing how like the art community is now, and social media, it would have been more realistic, but not back then for what I was thinking at the time, so. Yeah, what did you go to um, school for, Katie? What was your major? Well, well, I went to school thinking I was gonna be a high school science teacher. I wanted to teach earth and space science. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think it was my sophomore year, that's when you started getting into observation. And the teacher was like, well, you know, we really don't hire just solely earth and space science teachers anymore. It's more so, biology or chemistry and then those teachers just take over the earth and space well I did pretty bad in chemistry <laughs> so then 
I was already kind of one foot out the door with teaching at that point. And I kind of just took that as, yeah, let's just move over to full science. So I switched over to um, environmental science with a focus in fisheries and wildlife because uh, my parents, we're big campers and outdoor people uh, when I was growing up. So I was like, yeah, I can go out and work with the animals in the woods. That sounds good to me. I just talked to a, a different uh, interviewee a couple weeks ago, and she had a similar sort of epiphany with science and art and the fact that like you almost feel like you can't do both and then something's still pulling you. So this this brain hemisphere um, like fighting each other reality is frankly for the birds. Right. You can do both. You obviously right. had an interest in art from the time you were little, but then science came into you into the picture as well. Oh. That. oh yeah. And like I I've always loved science. I was out picking up bugs and but it's funny because there was a class in college that I really wanted to take. It was an art class, but it was scientific drawing. So you would go up into the school's museum and then you would draw the specimens draw like detailed pictures of them it's a shame because it just didn't fit in my schedule yeah that sounds like a really nice um (laughs) of the two yeah so yeah get out of college and at this time I would pick up art here and there like when I had the time but you know you're you're out of college you're working you're trying to find a job and you're um with your degree so I I wasn't like as working in art as as much as I wanted to but when after college is when I did Manda's makeup for her wedding my best friend's makeup in 2015 and after that getting into bridal makeup just took off like a rocket <laughs> for good reason you're, you're yeah. stunning <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, after that, like I would just, I was just building up my portfolio online and making connections through word of mouth. I would say in the beginning, word of mouth was the best way to get new work because what's better than a personal review of somebody that they've worked with. And at this time I was working my full-time job as well. So I was taking on a lot all at once. Makeup was definitely fun for me as an artist. But it was also super rewarding too, like being able to make people feel beautiful. Like, I don't want to take all the credit. I think people are beautiful as is, but the little extra boost they need for their special event or their wedding. And the makeup helped fill the creative void where, you know, I wasn't so much into traditional uh, art anymore. I was more focusing on the makeup. And it did help a bunch. I had a bunch of people rooting for me and telling me that I should do it. And I was like, well, maybe I should. So I jumped full, full speed ahead into it. I had to learn how to run my own business, which was a lot to take on, but I was seeing a lot of success. So it was worth the work of doing the research and you know, learning how to do all of that. There is a lot more that goes into doing makeup for weddings and just being good at makeup. It can be a high stress situation trying to stay on time. You also need to be on top of communicating with the bride beforehand, but also being able to communicate with each client. Not everyone knows what they want or how to ask for what they want. It can be hard sometimes. Sometimes you're pulling teeth. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have any interesting stories from any clients that you worked with that you'd be willing to share? No names. Of oh, course, but <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm sure that could be very challenging at times. I, I will just say, I always get so nervous about getting too, into too much detail because I don't want everyone is to come back on me and get in trouble. But I will just say, I would say generally the mothers of the groom are the most difficult to work on. Wow. Interesting. They always want really crazy colors, which, <laughs> which like, you know, there's only so many different eyeshadow colors I can carry. And yeah, they're just, there's always a few each year that are like, wow, that make me start carrying, you know, bright pink, bright green, you know, right just so <laughs> yeah, just so I'm prepared for anything. Yes. I just did a uh, wedding with a mother of the groom and she wanted a blue smoky eye, wow. which I clipped it very classy and nice in my <laughs> style. And she was very happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> not Mimi from Drew Carey <laughs> no and it's funny because honestly some people get scared and they think that's what I'm going to do to them and I'm like did you take a picture or take a look at any of my my work <laughs> I promise you it'll be fine <laughs> my busiest year was 2019 and I believe I did around 40 weddings as well like as some special occasion makeup jobs here and there I loved being busy and I still love being busy, but your friends and family start to miss you whenever <laughs> all of your weekends, especially in the summer, are all booked up and you start to get a little pushback from them <laughs> because it's not just the wedding, it's trial beforehand, it's all the communicating with your client, the prep work, getting your makeup cleaned, getting your brushes cleaned. There's a lot more, a lot more time than people might think. For 2020, I definitely wanted to, you know, cut it down a little bit. I was like, well, if I did 40 last year, let's maybe just top it off at 30 because I was definitely starting to feel a little burnout. It's just, you know, when you have, I had some weekends where I had a Friday wedding, a Saturday wedding, and then like trials on Sunday. Yeah. A lot, a lot <laughs> of work full time. And then you basically have a full-time gig on top of your full-time gig. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you just need a few moments to like sit in your house and do absolutely nothing. And that's what I was really <laughs> like craving. Uh, at the end of 2019 is actually when I discovered paint pouring. And if people don't know what paint pouring is, like you might've seen it on your Facebook feed or Instagram where you put your paint in a cup, you layer all your colors, you pour it out and you see what happens. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> yeah. And I got into it because my best friends just bought a house and I wanted to make them a housewarming gift. So um, up until that point, I was doing a lot of traditional and realistic drawing and painting here and there I even did a few Bob Ross paintings just to you know oh, wow. cool. <laughs> have a little fun I really like Bob Ross but my friends wanted something more with like a modern feel mm -hmm. so here I am I go back to YouTube I probably typed in like modern or abstract art and that's when I found the paint pouring videos and there are a ton on YouTube so I started painting in my kitchen in my old apartment, which is a miracle that I got my full security deposit back. 
Very Jackson Pollock of you. <laughs> yeah, it was everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. Paint, doorknobs, kitchen faucet. Love it. Uh, somehow on my front door too. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, finding that, I started to want to paint every day. It was like I needed my fix for painting. Yeah, yeah. And I was cranky if I was busy and I couldn't do it. <laughs> Because I was watching all these videos, finding all these new techniques, wanted to do it all, explore it all, like all the colors. It was really refreshing to find a new art medium to get into and learn about. So after college, it kind of felt like a chore to sit down and draw something. My full heart wasn't into it. Yeah. And just because I think with daily life, I feel like I used to be a lot more patient but I feel like I've lost a lot of my patience, which is a sad thing to say, but just <laughs> how it is. Most adults. <laughs> yeah. Or you always feel like, oh, there's something else I should be doing. I should be doing sure. the dishes Guilt. or cleaning. Guilt. Yep. I would say paint pouring is a really good technique for people that are busy and only have maybe a few hours here and there to spare because creating the painting itself really takes the least amount of time out of the whole process. You're more so picking your colors, mixing up your paint, then you do the painting, and then you got to wait for it to dry. But you know, that's dead time. That's not costing you. And then finishing it. Those are the things that take up the most time. So it was a really good thing for me to get into. It just kind of fit my life in a really good way. Nice. So... It was also good timing too, because, you know, I was getting into this at the end of 2019. And then as we all know, the pandemic hit earlier or early the next year. And I suddenly had so much time to paint, which was great. And it's good that I had something to like, you know, keep my mind busy because I'm sure we all needed something to keep our minds busy at that time. I did get lucky and had a few weddings in the beginning of 2020, but for the rest of the year, most of them got postponed or canceled. So I had the painting to fill my time. Okay. So with that, I want to take you back just a tad before we really dive into the painting. So you had mentioned when you were first started talking about your background that your mom and your grandma were very artistic. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what did they do? Are they painters? Are they designers? I can even take it a little bit further back because my great-grandmother... I'm actually named after her. She was Catherine with a C, I think. Could be wrong. But she was actually like a really great seamstress. Okay. Um, we still have a lot of her pieces. She would do embroidery. She would do all this complicated, put crochet on like the end of her fabric pieces, decorative table stuff. And I believe she sewed most of my grandma's clothes. And my grandma, she was great at crocheting and she and her sister as well. Uh, her sister would make stuffed animal crochets and my grandma mostly did blankets and stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom was more in the crafty stuff. And then every year for Halloween, pretty much every year, she would get out the sewing machine and then she would make me a Halloween costume. And then... <laughs> She made me, to name a few, uh, Snoopy, a full like mascot looking type of suit. <laughs> she made me a spider costume where like I had the legs on strings. Wow. <laughs> she made me a pig costume, which 
we took like a Jason Voorhees hockey mask and then we like sculpted a pig face onto it and covered it in felt Whoa. and like oh and she she made me a Spongebob costume too <laughs> yes and it's funny because like I'm an event coordinator now my mom used to plan events a little bit when I was growing up so like I I remember taking that Spongebob costume to these events sometimes where they're going to be kids so I would just you know walk around and pretend to be Spongebob <laughs> I feel like I've dabbled in everything like I've I've sewn costumes. I made my fiance a full faux fur jacket a few years ago when he wanted to be Tyler Durden from Fight Club. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they've always they've always dabbled in a little bit of everything and they've, you know, I've kind of kept that going. Yeah. You got passed down that gene. I like it. Okay. So you mentioned how, you know, 2020 in some ways set you back on the makeup front, but then it allowed for new things and new hobbies. Let's call it a hobby first to emerge. <laughs> and now it has grown into By Heart Designs, which is your new business. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on with By Heart Designs? So we heard about the paint pouring, but let's hear a little bit more. Well, um, I'm coming off of doing my first in-person festival at the beginning of August where it was my first opportunity to sell my pieces in person, which was super cool because so far, like I have a website where people can purchase paintings now. I've had that up since I, I think earlier in 2021. I feel like it's a lot easier to sell my type of paintings in person than it is online. I think I might need to up my photography skills <laughs> for, my, for my online store. And I'm not working on anything specific right now. I'm more so kind of just doing things that I like. I think, you know, I was trying to prep so many paintings before my in-person festival that I was trying to make paintings that like I thought other people would like and what other people, you know, would want to buy. But like now I'm just kind of messing around and experimenting. I think it's important to always don't get stuck in what other people what you think other people will want go back to your roots and do what you like because you can kind of get a little bit frustrated just trying to please people I did have a lot of commissions this year and it's wonderful I love I love doing commissions but you know it can kind of get a little oh what am I going to do something that I want to do <laughs> so a big part of my painting is recording the process for my TikTok. Okay. Unless you're super familiar with TikTok, it has a really big art community and I've gained, I've gained like a decent amount of followers on there. I'm just trying to keep that going, keep eyes on my work because I've gotten a lot of um, people buying, finding me through there and buying my work on there. I've gotten a lot of people wanting me to do commissions from TikTok. So just trying to um, keep the online presence alive. Yeah, and that's a real art in and of itself to, to keep social media you know, up to date and visible and making connections that are actually worthwhile and successful. So I give you a lot of props there and maybe you can give us um, some advice when we get to that question. Um, yeah. But um, can you give us a taste of what's to come in the future for By Heart Designs or for Katie in general? <laughs> well, I'm going to continue paint pouring because I still love it. 
Um, but I do, I have been thinking, trying to find different ways to try to set my art apart because there are a lot of other paint pouring artists online and, you know, you don't want to get lost amongst the crowd. So you kind of have to set yourself apart, you know, make your work a little bit special and different. And I've also been thinking about like dabbling back into the more traditional work just because I haven't done it so long and then it'll be kind of new again. So that'll be fun. And uh, I'm hoping once the pandemic calms down, I want to, you know, get into doing in-person events a lot more because it's just a lot more fun to, you know, be out there, like talking to people, they ask you questions about your work and it's just kind of refreshing besides, you know, sitting behind a screen, uploading your <laughs> product photos to your website and hoping for the best. So yeah, I hear you there. So what would be your advice to any budding dreamers that may be listening <clears throat> there if they're interested in art or even starting a business? I would say, first off, even starting art or starting a business, you know, make sure one, make sure you're truly your heart is in this because you know once you have to start doing the business sides of things where you get into you know filing your name and taxes you have to make sure like the main focus of the business is actually work worth all this extra work you're going to have to do to put it into it and I would say you know more so with art you want to practice and kind of get at a level with your craft where if you feel like it's um, at a level where you feel comfortable in selling to people because, and I've read other artists say this as well. You don't want to look back on pieces you sold and be like, Oh my God, why did I think I could sell that to somebody? <laughs> yeah. Practice. And then I would say, especially in this day and age, learn how to use social media to your advantage and don't be afraid to put yourself out there and advertise for yourself because, I mean, social media is definitely something that not even the people like 10 years ago really had on their side to really get like their business out there. Nowadays, you can be a small business and kind of stand on your own two feet, just putting your work out there by yourself on social media. And I guess with that too, learning the best practices with like whatever platform that you want to be on, like TikTok, for example, you kind of have to learn what the algorithm will pick up. Mm -hmm. And that can be a little bit difficult. You have to trial and error, but you know, once you find something that works, you got to run with it. So I guess one more thing I would say, and I definitely learned with being busy with makeup and then picking up painting is try to keep balance within your life don't wear yourself down you want to focus your time on doing something that you love absolutely and I can totally attest that nothing you've ever sold or done on a person's <laughs> face was, was bad. I, I can personally advocate for Katie she did a makeup for a music video that I was in and she also I, I commissioned her for some paintings that now hang <laughs> beautifully above my piano. And I just love them. They are a real eye-catching piece for anybody who comes in that room. So with that, Katie, how can we find you? Can you give us uh, your social media handles, any websites, emails? 
Sure. Well, for my paintings, my website is byheartdesigns.com. My Instagram is also byheartdesigns. And my TikTok is katieheart137. Nice. And then also for my makeup, it's just makeup by Katie Hart on Facebook and Instagram. And that's heart with an H-A-R-T. Yes. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie. And for all of our listeners out there, make sure you check out Katie's artwork, maybe book her for your next upcoming event. We've seen her in Pittsburgh at New Amsterdam. She's been hanging there. She's been at the Millville Festival. She'll probably be at more in-person events this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. And if not in 2022, I'm sure. And we'll look forward to seeing what the future holds for you, Katie. I'm sure beautiful success. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you. Are you feeling stuck? Do you constantly battle procrastination? Are you hoping to achieve more, but just need that extra push? Then accountability can work for you. With my Accountability Buddy program, you will get one-on-one personalized schedules, check-ins, and solutions to help you reach your goals. Whether it be your health, relationships, career, or creative goals, the Accountability Buddy program will keep you on track and will keep it real. Visit pghdreamerproductions.com to sign up now for the affordable Accountability Buddy program. That's pghdreamerproductions.com to get started today. It's time to pave your own way.